We're not recording, Paul. No. That would have been an excellent, like, <laughs> ten-minute outtake at the end. Yeah, what have it, you it could have been. Yeah, that's true. Oh. I should acknowledge that. It's Friday, February 7th, and this is the Dutch News Podcast, your weekly chance to catch up with what's been going on here in the Netherlands. I'm Paul Peters, Master Student in Civil Engineering and Domino Day Revival Enthusiast. <laughs> and with me today are Gordon Derek, Contributing Editor at Dutch News and Thierry Boudet's New Communication Advisor. Ouch. And Molly Quell, oh, Contributing Editor at Dutch News and Chair of the Mitt Romney <laughs> Fan Club. I'm not sure which is more insulting, frankly. I am. Cherry no. Bonet's communication. <laughs> well, at least Mitt Romney did something, did you know, something very, right. very reputable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Even the like stop a, clock and all the rest. Behaved yeah. like a human being for yeah. once. Yeah. So, Molly, let's start with you. Mitt Romney. It's all dead all about. Mitt Romney, the current senator of Utah and former presidential candidate. Mm. Hopeful. Hopeful, yeah. Uh, voted against, voted for impeaching Trump. Yeah. He was the only Republican. To vote for impeaching Trump, and also the only Republican to ever vote for impeachment of a Republican. Of a Republican, yeah. of a he's the only person of a party to vote for impeaching a president of the same party yeah. ever in human history, and he gave what I thought was a very genuine and sort of moving speech about kind of how bad Trump has been for like rule of law and institutions and democracy in America. And I was very annoyed because otherwise I agree with absolutely zero with Mitt Romney. Yeah. Um, and he wants to dismantle, you know, single payer health insurance. Yeah, and he and hates women and yeah. thinks they shouldn't be allowed to have abortions. Be, 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 his binders full of them. Binders full of women. Yeah. So he hates women, Molly. Yes. <laughs> binders full of them. If, you, if you're he putting your, them. But he loves, putting, <laughs> he loves Big Bird. Yeah, he, he does love Big yes. Bird. So I guess we agree on two things. Um... And it's been a bit of a big deal, I think, to see somebody like, you know, sort of go against the cult of Trump. And I'm annoyed that I have to, like, hate him less now, basically. <laughs> yeah, it meant a lot. It meant a lot. It but he only lot. voted in favor of one article. The, yeah. The, the second he... The second uh, one. Yeah. He uh, didn't vote yeah. for. No. Uh, yeah. So you can you can hate him half. Half. Yeah, yeah no, but that's still him. more... Let's hate still him. Less time I, hate him. That's yeah. still less than I hated him before. <laughs> so this is downgrading so from, like, you know, full-time American job style, like yeah. 75 hours a week hating him to, like... Do, do you feel diminished as an American that you can't hate a politician? Is that what it is for you? Um, no, I think yeah. I feel annoyed <laughs> that somebody who is as garbage as he is of a human being had to do something so noble and it would, and he is experiencing like a tremendous amount of backlash. The I'm Republican sure. party in Utah sent out an advertising, uh, fundraising things showing polling that Trump is more popular in Utah than Mitt Romney is. So you should donate to Trump and not support Mitt Romney. Mm. I mean, that's from the Republican party. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm just sort of, you know, it would be like if a video came out of Cherry Baudet, like rescuing a kitten from a storm drain, <laughs> and you're like, ugh, like you are a trash human being, but like, I guess you were good this one time, and now I have to like, hate you marginally less. So you didn't tear up his, uh, his speech? I did not tear up any speeches this right. week, no. So uh, speaking of uh, Cherry Baudet, yeah. Gordon, what's Gordon. that all about? I don't know, you tell me. It's, you, you've, uh, you've insinuated that I'm, that I'm Thierry Baudet's new communication advisor. The only advice I've really got for Thierry Baudet is delete your account. <laughs> And your and your and your life, but so <laughs> I don't know quite where this comes from. Well, we'll get on to what Pierre Bader got up to in the OPEF uh, section shortly. But um, that's yeah, true. That, yeah, because <laughs> of the OPEF regarding Thierry Baudet in the last week, um, you know, in in Dutch talk shows they invite all sorts of people from serious politicians to musicians to celebrities, and they sit around in a table and. Everybody is discussing a topic, even though they don't know anything about it. I mean, that's having a meeting with Dutch people. 
Yeah, basically, <laughs> yeah. But then broadcast it live on television. Right. Um, so uh, in one of the talk shows, the singer Gordon was uh, was the ah, head, yes, was yes, guest. Yes, yes. And uh, he... So uh, they talked about Cherry Boudet, of course, because... Cherry Boudet did something this week. Mm. We will talk about that later. <laughs> and they asked the singer Gordon, what do you think about Cherry Boudet? Even though he is a singer, he has nothing. His opinion doesn't matter no. at all. But they and he knew nothing about... I mean, it's the Netherlands. Gordon's opinion matters a lot yeah. to That's a true. lot of people. Yeah. So he started to talk about... Oh no, he proposed that he... Uh, wanted to give Cherry Boudet communication advice yeah. because yeah. he has been dealing with the media for so long. So Absolutely. he's an expert. Yeah. So the headlines all said, Gordon is giving <laughs> Cherry Boudet advice. So I immediately assumed that it was about <laughs> you and <laughs> not course. about the singer. Yeah, no, you just know me too well. It, it, Gordon's, does Gordon's advice involve um, insult the Chinese rather than the Moroccans? <laughs> because uh, that would be in keeping with his career. I mean... It's, it's that's probably not terrible communication advice, <laughs> frankly. Uh, Gordon, how much money would you have to be paid to actually work as Cherry Boudet's communication advisor? Um, I would uh, I, I would demand um, uh, a, a complete change of identity and a new life on an island in the Caribbean after straight afterwards. I think. And that's it. You're not you're not asking for any money. You well, just like get a passport I, and like long dumped I have to do this job. Yeah, absolutely, a passport, a facelift, a complete change of ID, <laughs> okay. and, um, and and everyone who'd ever known me beforehand had to be murdered. Yeah, and then, <laughs> then I'd do it. Yeah. Uh, I, have, I have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Paul, yeah, I wanted this to be my job title, so screw you for taking it. <laughs> um, what happened this week that is the best news that the Dutch it News is. podcast has ever heard? Uh, the best news that we've ever heard is that Domino Day will return. I am so excited. It's coming back. <laughs> what animal will they murder at the next Domino Day? <laughs> yeah, we, we we should we should um, uh, we should should we should have a poll about that. I, yeah. Uh, what what animal do you think? I think one of the, um, what's the animal preserve that's like overly infested with deer that they keep trying to call and then people protest? Uh, also, oh, the red deer? The, yeah, the red the deer. The Osphardus blossom? Yes, yeah. the Osphardus blossom. I think oh, there's going to be a, well, I think they're, they're they will somehow after. end up in the building where they're doing <laughs> Domino Day and then be forced to like shoot a bunch of Bambies live and on television. And then there'll be a big protest about it. Yeah. And yeah, it'll get out of hand. That's my In fact, they could just have Domino Day in the Osphardus blossom. Yeah, it would <laughs> be much easier. Yeah. What do you think, Paul? What animal will um, they murder? Uh, probably a puppy. Oh, no, God. Oh, come know. on. Go. No, no, yeah. no, no. Be real. I mean, <laughs> I don't think, I don't think anything will top the Domino Sparrow. No. No? Probably not. No. Should we recap it very quickly for our listeners? Uh, yeah, you can no. do it. Because no, you what, want to talk what, about it. me. What? Oh, well, yeah. What oh. animal do you think? Uh, I, I would, I would go for a European salamander. Because it would be really easy. Because the, they've, they've found one in a cave in Bosnia or somewhere, I think, that hasn't moved for seven years. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> so that would be really stable. So mean, that, that would definitely the, sit, sit still. Life goals, come on, the, guys. on top of it. I, I want an achievable life goal. An yeah? achievable life goal. <laughs> but, but that salamander would not be a threat to knocking over the yeah. dominoes in the well, first no, place. You just have to build the dominoes around the salamander. They would just uh, incorporate it into yeah. the... Uh, yeah. yeah, they should do well, that. That would be great. Just build a little bridge over it. Uh, uh, domino Day, for people who do not know, is this Dutch tradition of building large sets of dominoes and then knocking them down and beating some kind of world record. And several years ago, 
uh, they I, were building it in like an, an airplane hangar in a warehouse or something, and a bird got in and was like knocking yeah. over sections of it, and they couldn't get the bird out, so they brought in a hunter and they shot it, mm. um, which of course <laughs> outraged everyone. It was and, enormous outrage, and that was the end of Domino Day, basically. Yeah. No, no, no. The, yeah. the, the reason why they stopped it was because they couldn't find any sponsors. Yeah, to... but I suspect but the did reason the, people... did the sponsors pull out because they shot a sparrow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, no, that wasn't the reason. There <laughs> were <laughs> many, many events after the Domino Mess. No, there was a couple events after the Domino Mess. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, uh, but now you can go see the Domino Mus in the uh, in the Weird Animals exhibition in, in the Natural History Museum of Rotterdam. Yeah. 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 Yes, she should yeah. definitely go there. Speaking yeah. of weird animals, uh, that's our <laughs> off of the week. Uh, the uh, op of the week comes from nobody else than uh, Cherry Baudet. Oh yes, so the, the, the prince of op The prince yeah. of op yeah. yeah. He uh, tweeted on Friday evening that two of his dear friends uh, were traveling by train and that they were harassed by a group of four Moroccans. The post read that uh, his two friends were aggressively and provocatively approached by the four men. A photo of two of them uh, was added to uh, the post as well, which also read that it is useless to file a formal complaint and that it was necessary for the childishly naive Dutch people to finally vote for political parties who will do something about the Mor- Moroccan problem we have in this country. Apparently. Apparently. Yeah. A number of people who were also on board the train commented on Instagram that the story wasn't entirely true, mm. though, uh, and this was later confirmed by the Dutch railways, who, based on the photo, concluded that the group of four men were in fact NS employees, mm. and that they were simply checking tickets of the people on board the train. I mean, I do find it mildly stressful when the NS person gets on to check my ticket, even yeah, though I always check in, mm. because I'm always, like, panicked, like, did I yeah. not check in? I always, I always, you always have that moment when you yeah. sit down, the train pulls away, you think, did I definitely check in? Did I check definitely in? check in? Yeah. Yeah. Which is insane, because I usually board the train in Delft, where you can't get into the station mm. without checking in, but somehow I panic every time. Yeah. DNS also added that uh, Baudet's two friends initially refused to show their tickets, which led to a discussion before they finally did show them. Uh, as soon as Baudet's account of the incident turned out to be fabricated, Ophef broke loose. Many people, including a large number of politicians, accused Baudet of racism, while Baudet's supporters said that the incident could have been true. <laughs> Uh, Baudet himself remained silent for days, but on Tuesday he posted a statement on Facebook in which he said, uh, in which he acknowledged that the story was inaccurate, uh, but he uh, basically refused to apologize. Uh, he later added that accusations of racism were bizarre. It, it was three NS employees and an undercover police officer. Yeah, because yeah. they are always accompanied by a police officer. Yeah. In case there's trouble. In case and the train yeah. had made an announcement that there yeah. were people in civilian clothing coming around to check your tickets. Yeah. Yeah. So th- th- this is a sprinter train from Amsterdam. They have these undercover checks um, because they know that people on these on these train lines quite often uh, try and dodge the fare. So they they, they, have, they don't go around in uniform to, so they don't alert people too early. Yeah. They're in ticket inspections. And they announce this in the train. Yeah. Yeah. And, then, and, then, and, then, and then when these two women didn't show their tickets because they didn't believe that the, uh, the ticket inspectors were ticket inspectors, ticket inspectors showed their ID, asked the policeman to come over, the police minister showed his ID, and actually it was all absolutely fine above board. And yeah. there was yeah. no harassment so, at all. And, and then, see, the, the, the thing that strikes me here is Baudet, when he was, it was found out that he'd made up or exaggerated large parts of his story, instead of apologising, he just came out with more lies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's he, he, he I mean, what did you expect? Exactly. He, he said they'd been aggressive. They, he said they'd, 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 um, they'd, they'd wave their weapons, even though they don't carry weapons. <laughs> well, it's, yeah. it, that's, uh, so at least what I read in uh, New Puntinel or in the NOS, yeah. that the police officer does have a weapon, okay. with, yeah. is wearing like yeah. a weapon. In but his the belt, NS, presumably. Uh, in yeah. his belt, presumably. Yeah. Also, presumably, this was a very crowded train, judging by Baudet's photo, and I cannot imagine that a 
cop in this country took out a gun and waved it around and nobody managed to nobody get a screamed. video of this yeah. like come on um and but the ns police don't carry the the, the control they, they don't carry weapons so no. there were, they no. had no weapons to wave it was only the cop yeah and then there was uh, the police announced that they were going to file a formal complaint <laughs> against Thierry Baudet, uh, but they uh, later um, uh, 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 yeah, said that they were not going to do that yeah. because it would only lead to more op Yeah, mm-hmm. Which I appreciate as someone who's been covering the ongoing Wilders trial saga, which yeah. started in the caveman times and has continued <laughs> to progress. Um, and continues to just get extended over a not yeah. exactly identical but somewhat similar incident in which Wilder said something racist and then was charged with saying racist stuff, mm-hmm. which of course is impossible to prove and only serves, you know, Wilder's racist platform the same way that having an Anhifta for Baudet would have done the same thing. Yeah. So yeah. I am personally very glad he was not charged. Uh, I think everybody should go retweet the guy f- who works for the NS who's been going around taking photos of his Moroccan selfies with his <laughs> Moroccan colleagues, which I've been finding very entertaining. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, uh, I agree with you. It was, it was kind of bizarre, the idea that they, that they should file a kind of formal complaint of a charge against him. But uh, yeah, it, it was kind of, um, yeah, there was, a lot of, there was a lot of silence from kind of the um, uh, the rest of uh, other politicians. I think Hélène Seig has said he should apologize, but all the other parties just kind of tried to pretend it didn't happen or that... Uh, it would go away. Um, no, no, there was quite a bit. Ritter said something about it at a press conference something? last week. Like there was a discussion a bit of about it where he kind of. Well, uh, Ritter said that he wasn't not going to yeah. respond to it because yeah. uh, he that that what he always says uh, when Kate Wilders tweets something uh, yeah. about that he's not going to respond to every piece of red piece meat of red that meat. Uh, yeah. Wilders or in this case Baudet throws into the arena. Yeah. But there was a um, uh, I think it was a Denk MP who wanted to have a debate about the incident, yeah. and then all the politicians from all the parties came forward and they basically said no we're not going to have a debate by this because um, um, Baudet reveals his racism uh, yeah, himself. we already know this. We what are we? Yeah, what are we going to? We already about? know this. We're not going to. We we should. We shouldn't discuss yeah. this at length. But it's been pretty. The coach of Ajax also like had some saucy tweets about this being really? racist. Yeah, hmm. he was retweeting a meme that had gone around about it that I had seen. So I mean, I don't. I guess maybe some politicians haven't come out and made like a formal statement, but the whole thing seems to just be resoundly like mocked as being ridiculous and stupid. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you can sort of tell how the media feels about it because they keep running with terrible photos of Baudet on all of the <laughs> stories, which is like the most <laughs> passive aggressive way to get back at somebody who's doing a being a jerk. Yeah, but it's not. Yeah, but it is ridiculous. But it's also kind of uh, a bit sinister because he's actually accusing these. Um, well, f- first he's accusing the, the railway staff of you know misbehaving, uh, misbehaving, harassing in the course of their work, which yeah. they weren't doing. And secondly, this whole thing about you know there's no point um, filing a complaint because the police won't do anything because the political corrupt establishment to bound their hands. It's all this kind of sense. So he's feeding into yeah. this kind of narrative Bode has that undermines the whole kind of you know um, uh, law enforcement and justice system. He said you know it has to be dismantled and reconstructed in his way and this is kind of very authoritarian undertone yeah. of this which yeah. I don't no, which I think should you know b- b- people are dismissing too easily yeah it's yeah. probably yeah. worrying even more worrying than the racism part yeah, yeah. I think so True. the yeah. most positive thing I think I actually saw come out of this was that there was this guy who works for the NS who's tweeting selfies of him with his like Moroccan colleagues um, and there's been a number, I've seen a few other people sort of do this on Twitter. And the thing that's been quite entertaining about it is, of course, like, 
race is a social construct. And so like you, there is nothing that defines you as looking quote unquote Moroccan. It is impossible to tell someone's nationality from their appearance. And I think seeing the photos has been kind of a good reminder that like people can really run the gamut. People who are of a Moroccan extraction or were born in Morocco, like people from everywhere can really run the gamut and what they look like. And so like, you know, racism is kind of stupid because it's really hard to judge people from what they appear to be. But I was kind of do, doing a bit of uh, post-doc reasoning here, where yeah. he's, because they're harassing his friends, they must be Moroccans. Yeah. yeah. And of course, as soon as uh, the photos come out, it turns out that that bit of it isn't true. Yeah, either. it also wasn't yeah. true yeah. that they were Moroccan. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. This week, a group of Dutch people returned from Wuhan in China. A record number of Brits moved to the Netherlands, and Dutch police undercovered a gang of beer fraudsters. After the break, we discuss a judge's ruling on Siri, and that's not Apple's virtual assistant. Yeah, that's an unfortunately named system. Yes. They really should have thought of something else. 17 people who were evacuated from the Chinese city of Wuhan following the outbreak of the coronavirus have arrived at a military base in Eindhoven. The group, comprising of 15 Dutch citizens and two Chinese partners, arrived by bus shortly after midnight on Monday. They were among a group of 250 evacuees who were flown out of China via Marseille and Brussels. They were transferred to military accommodation initially, but will be allowed to return to their homes for the 14-day quarantine period, as long as they show no signs of illness. Around 30 of the passengers on the flight to Maasai were kept in a separate section at the front of the plane, because they were showing mild symptoms, according to a Dutch journalist who was on board. Foreign Affairs Minister Stef Bloch thanked French and Chinese authorities for their cooperation in taking the evacuees out of the country. Right, so what are the latest figures with the coronavirus? Uh, the latest numbers from Chinese health authorities show that 28,000 people have been diagnosed with coronavirus, of which 564 have died. All of the deaths uh, have been uh, in China, with the exception of one Chinese national who died uh, in the Philippines. The virus is uh, thought to have originated in a seafood market in Wuhan. That's a city of 11 million people in this in central China. I, nev- I never heard of that. I know, 11 million people, almost yeah. the population in the Netherlands. I mean, this yeah. is like Asia, basically. <laughs> There's just giant cities that nobody's yeah. ever heard of. Yeah. Uh, five other Dutch nationals living in the city have opted to, to stay. And as a precautionary measure, Dutch airline KLM have announced they will not fly to and from China for more than a month. Um, the airline expects to resume flights to Beijing and Shanghai on March 16th. And they will resume um, flights to other cities uh, later on. Mm. And uh, there was some uh, discussion of, of coronavirus racism. Yeah. Health Minister Bruno Bruins has told MPs he is shocked by the way people in the Netherlands who are of Asian appearance are facing discrimination because of coronavirus. Uh, Bruins had been asked to comment by GroenLinks parliamentarian uh, Corine Ellemate, who told MPs she had heard of numerous cases. In one instance, uh, passengers pulled their clothing over their mouths when the, they spotted a young Chinese girl sitting in a bus. Bruins told MPs that uh, he condemned uh, the discrimination and uh, he also said that he has no plans uh, uh, to close locations which are popular with Chinese tourists, uh, as suggested by anti-immigration mm. party PVV, such as um, Giethoorn and yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. what else do we have? Uh, Kinderdijk. Kinderdijk. Yeah. 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 Do, do we need to ask Gordon what, what he thinks about There was one uh, Belgian national who traveled with this group who has been diagnosed with coronavirus, but it seems yeah. that she doesn't really have very heavy symptoms right. and was 
like sort of put into the hospital, but apparently the last I heard was fine. Yeah, they, they, they kept about thirty passengers uh, separate at the front of the plane, didn't they? So you got to fly in business class if you. Yeah, were, um, it's a good deal. <laughs> <laughs> coronavirus. So you know, there's got to be some perks. <laughs> Do you want to upgrade? Um, <laughs> I'm a yeah, sneezing. Yeah. yeah. I enjoyed a tweet from somebody. I think he was traveling on a train in Britain, and uh, he's of Chinese origin, and he said, uh, I, "I sneezed and muttered something in Mandarin, and I got a whole, uh, I got the whole uh, seat next to me free for the rest of the journey." <laughs> nice. <laughs> Yeah, you can take it into your <laughs> yeah. Just use the relation in your fence. Yeah, but there is no coronavirus in the Netherlands. It's fine. Yeah, everybody, no, just, everybody no, needs to come Until now, out. not no. But yeah. but there is are some cases in Belgium and in yeah. Germany and in the UK as well. I there think. probably mm. will so be some cases we here. We are surrounded by coronavirus. we are surrounded by coronavirus. we are definitely next on the list yeah. Yeah, for the coronavirus. Yeah, and I I mean. Just as an no. aside, there's 28,000 identified cases, which is not probably all the cases that there are because lots of people don't show symptoms, so you don't know to go to the hospital. Yeah. Um, obviously, it is a tragedy that 564 people have died so far, but that's like not a terrible, in terms of like the, it, the normal it's not flu, rabies, it's, not, it? it's no. not that people are, you know, concerned for very understandable reasons, but you shouldn't be freaking out and stressing out about this. Yeah, that's true. I think the the reason why people are stressing uh, about this is that it is be, it's a variation of SARS. I yeah. think it's yeah. really um, uh, close to that virus. Um, well, and I think, you know, the Chinese government is not known for being forthcoming and honest in its assessment of these kinds of things. I think people are rightly concerned that yeah. well, we don't really know what's going on. Um, but I also think that, like, Lots of people just die from the regular flu, especially during the winter, particularly those who are like immunocompromised or have some other underlying health condition. Yeah. And, and those seem to be the people who are vulnerable to this as well, right. isn't it? Yeah. If you are basically healthy, yeah. then you are probably you not, are in probably huge danger. not in huge Although danger. Although you should probably avoid people who are. Who, I mean, who may, you should just avoid people, period. You should avoid people. <laughs> but that's yeah. a different situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can you get coronavirus from eating more cop as well? I think that's another <laughs> thing we should do. Racism. The number of British people moving to the Netherlands went up sharply in 2019. Wonder why. <laughs> 6,700. Did something happen in the yeah, UK? Yeah, could have been. 6,700 UK nationals arrived on these shores last year. That is a 60% increase on the 2015 figure, and it's been going up steadily, but then a little faster in the last year. And at the same time, the number of Dutch people leaving the UK was at a 20-year low. Can't Just, imagine why. Yeah. Did something happen at some point? Maybe. Yeah. Just 2,600 brave souls made the journey in the other direction. The statistics agency, CBS, said there was also a rise in other European nationals moving from the UK to the Netherlands, primarily people originally from Poland, Spain, Italy and France. Yeah, great. More French people. That's yeah. what we need. <laughs> what, what about Scotland? Well, there's no breakdown figures for Scotland, but there's uh, been all this discussion about whether Scotland would be able to rejoin the European Union. There is a small hurdle uh, of needing to become an independent nation first. <laughs> Friesland's capital, Leovarden, however, has taken the first step by hanging out the flag for the Scots. Um, the Union Jack was taken down from the parade of flags outside the city's main station and uh, Alderman for Culture, Short Feitzmaier, decided to replace it with a saltire. He said he'd, he had the idea when he visited a Burns festival in Edinburgh at the end of January when it's Burns night on the 25th of January when we all eat haggis and uh, neeps and tatties. I did that this year. I went to a Burns did you? night party. Did you, have ne- did you haggis, neeps yeah. and tatties yeah. with whiskey? Yeah. Lovely. Lots of whiskey. What is a saltire? It's a Scottish flag. It's a Scottish flag. Oh, that's a Scottish flag. Can I just say, as someone who is 75% Welsh, I am annoyed that they did not pick the Welsh flag instead of the Scottish flag. Yeah, but the Welsh voted for that thing that you're not allowed to say yeah, now. Yeah, that's true. But the Welsh have a better flag. Yeah. There is a dragon. <laughs> On it. That is true. It's a really good flag. Yeah. It is one of the, the world's Scottish best flags. Flag has a, it's a nice flag. There's a, well, well, we've got two flags. One's got a lion on it, which is almost identical to the Dutch lion. 
But, hey, but oh. fuck your lion. Yeah. My dragon will fuck your lion up. No, no. Yeah. I'm, I'm backing the lion oh, here. Yeah. I'm team lion. Fatima no. said it was meant to suggest your friendship, but also with a serious message about maintaining cultural ties with Scotland after after the UK leaves the European Union. <laughs> after the thing <laughs> that they're not allowed to say. Have you seen this diktat from uh, the government in the UK that you're Did not you allowed to say, say Brexit? Have you seen this diktat? Like a tattoo on your penis? <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, other migrant group has uh, been in the news? Moroccans. Uh, yeah, More Moroccans have been in the news because Kate Wilder's Mindamarokan um, trial is still going after three centuries. I really want to die. It's so bad. <laughs> but the government wants to make integration courses compulsory for Turkish migrants. Specifically I... Turkish migrants? Yes, because at the moment they're exempt from um, needing to integrate because it conflicts with uh, Turkey's um, tr- agreements with the with the European Union. Okay. Uh, so, so they're not allowed to uh, demand uh, that Turks take the integration exams. However, Social Affairs Minister Valter Kolmes said that a new interpretation of the European Treaty means they can now be asked to complete the Inbuchering programme. The new rules will not apply to Turkish nationals who already live in the Netherlands. A Turkish-Dutch journalist that I follow on Twitter tweeted earlier this week that they had tried to do this at some point in the past and that it had like been roundly failed because mm-hmm. there are these existing treaties and that like this will probably not go forward. That yeah. was her interpretation, which I thought was interesting. I haven't seen anyone explain exactly what why, this new interpretation yeah. is and how it means that they can do something that they couldn't do before. Uh, it's a, it's an excuse that I will use more often in the yeah. future. I'm uh, just uh, going to uh, say, oh, I have a new interpretation. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I agreed <laughs> I would make dinner tonight, but I have a new interpretation <laughs> of what yeah. there is. Yeah. And it means you're making night. dinner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have a new interpretation of harassment, uh, which means that people checking tickets uh, now are, oh, are, yeah. are, are harassing my friends. Being yeah. requested to show your ticket on the NS is now by definition <laughs> and harassment. Moroccan harassment. Moroccan yeah. harassment. The cabinet agreed last Friday to end the sale of rockets, bangers, and firecrackers to the public from this year, but there will be enough different sorts of fireworks available for people to continue to enjoy the New Year's festivities, says Acting Home Affairs Minister Stienje van Veldhove. The ban outlaws the fireworks that are the cause of most injuries and pose the most danger to emergency service workers. Two people died and almost 1,300 people were treated for fireworks-related injuries during this year's New Year's festivities. Some cities uh, have already said that they are going to ban fireworks. Yes, uh, and the new rules would allow cities to ban fireworks in specific areas or altogether, which is what Rotterdam and Amsterdam have indicated that they will do. Mm -hmm. And uh, Prime Minister Mark Rutte, he's also been talking about fireworks at his Friday press conference. Yeah, I was not there but the uh the coffee clip sometimes go there yeah was that rota himself said he was not a fan of the fireworks but officially he said that the dutch safety board had asked for this and that the government felt it was time there was like some pushback from a couple of journalists as to like why they've changed their minds now i mean i think the very obvious answer is is, Mm. like the public has just gotten fed up with all of this stuff it gets worse every year it gets worse every year people are dying in blocks of flats yeah and and there was this really horrendous story of of people dying in and uh yeah i mean i think that that's you know, no. not doing the reputation of fireworks. No. <laughs> People renting their homes to tourists via platforms like Airbnb will operate in a grey area until new national legislation comes into force this summer, legal experts say. On Wednesday, the Council of State said that it is illegal to rent out property to tourists without a permit because landlords are effectively removing a home from the national housing stock. The ruling, which was unexpected, has provided a boost to people campaigning against holiday rental platforms, and Amsterdam alderman Laurens Evans said it is an important step in the city's battling against explosive growth in holiday rentals. In formal terms, the ruling means everyone who rents out property to tourists without a permit is breaking the law. 
However, no local authorities have actually set up a licensing system to rent to tourists. Yeah, and one of the um, consequences of this is that Amsterdam's had to pay back 400,000 euros in fines, hasn't it, to yeah. people who are letting out their homes because they haven't introduced a permit system, they just introduced a ban, which wasn't legal. No, right? but yeah. they were <laughs> fining people because of this ban, which wasn't legal. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's really confusing. It's very, yeah. It is itself a grey area, yes. Yeah. Why was this case brought to court in the first place? So? The Council of State's ruling was made in the case of a woman who was appealing against a 6,000 euro fine from the Amsterdam City Council to failing to register the fact that she was letting her property to American tourists. Is it specifically American tourists that are the problem here? It, it's it's what it says, said, yeah. <laughs> Apparently she only rented her apartment to American tourists. That's also racist. Yeah, not, yeah. Not, not British tourists. Not British tourists. Which, which I mean, isn't which is racist. Fair. That's just fair. But as she said, this fine was ruled illegal because she had been uh, fined on the wrong grounds. Instead, the court said she should have been fined for breaking housing law, which is subject to a fine of of 20,500 and that is uh, triple the charge but the Amsterdam um, uh, municipality have to pay back this 6,000 euro uh, fine and then slap her with a 20,000 euro fine I'm not sure if they I'm not can, sure they can do, do that, that now no. yes no. Yeah, but so. they but they find 450,000 yeah, in, in, four, in, yeah, in total is more than 400,000 in fines have been issued which they now have to pay back yeah, yeah. Um, are we going to get any clarity on these rules or are we just going to keep randomly finding people and then having to pay back? <laughs> yeah, the grey area is expected to last until the summer when the government aims to bring in uh, new legislation covering holiday lets. Uh, those national rules will also um, allow local authorities to require holiday lets to be included on a register in areas where housing is in short supply. That registration number must then be included in adverts on platforms such as Airbnb, but the platforms have already made clear that they will not force landlords to include the registration number. So, um, yeah, this sort of leads campaigners to say that the legislation does not go far enough. It seems like you should approach this like you approach Al Capone, which was, you don't get them for the crime, you get them for the tax evasion, mm. right? So, like, you can, mm. you should be able to figure out who is letting out property based on whether or not they're paying this in, in income tax, because if you're getting rental income, you have to, you know, pay tax on that money, as it's a business thing. Yeah. So, it seems to me that, like, you could approach this from a different situation and stop trying to force Airbnb to do stuff, which it doesn't want to do and just gets tangled up in the courts for years, yeah. and just have the extremely effective blasting deans to go after them instead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or use the Siri system. Going by this winter's temperatures, it looks increasingly like the 1997 Elf State was the last one until the next Ice Age. <laughs> In the meantime, we can all sit back and enjoy colour footage of the 1954 race that has been unearthed by the Frisian Film Archive. The 11 Cities race is held in Friesland whenever it gets cold enough to skate the entire 200km course on natural ice, and uh, when it happens, which it hasn't done now for over 20 years, it is a huge national event. This is the first colour film to emerge in the 1954 race, and it was shot by Short Steinsmaer, a baker... Just the most Frisian name ever. Uh, quite possibly, yeah. A baker and tradesman who is also a keen amateur filmmaker. His daughter Clara recently handed in his entire collection of film reels to the Frisian archive. She said her father had a sense of drama, and uh, you can see that in the quality of his footage of the 1954 and 1956 races. Uh, pr pretty good uh, quality films if you've watched them, yeah. worth uh, taking a look at. The 1956 race famously had no winner because the first five finishers crossed the line hand in hand. They got disqualified <laughs> for that. Really? But the, yeah, oh. but the guy who came in sixth, he didn't want the title either. Oh, okay. he'd, he'd also won the 54 events. Maybe he thought one winner's medal was enough. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. What, was that against the rules to uh, to to finish that way? Apparently or? so. Yes. Yeah. Couldn't they just have given it to the seventh player? Or it's a mystery. But anyway, there was no winner in the end. We got some sports racism news. That's that's 
Yeah, surprisingly. Love love a good sports racist sports bit of news. Yes, well, apparently it seems that the abuse that was dished out by Dem Boss fans to uh, Excelsior winner Ahmed Mendes Merera in November was a bit of a tipping point, uh, because finally the cabinet and Canfe Bay, the Fatsa Football Association, uh, are starting to take racism seriously. They're due to produce a package of measures uh, this week, um, which includes things like better camera surveillance in stadiums, um, an app that lets supporters report racist incidents anonymously, although apparently there's no point reporting... Um, um, abuses or crimes. Well, only if it's about Moroccans. Yeah, okay. that's fine. <laughs> yeah, well, fine. That's according to sources who spoke to the ad day. There could also be a register of people who've been banned from stadiums and a personal approach to profile troublemakers. Oh, so a, a serious system for football fans. <laughs> Great. Yeah, the, the, I can't see what can go wrong there. Uh, to see if they're struggling with any underlying problems like drug abuse or debt. A lot of these measures already exist, but haven't been used much until now. However, Sports Minister Bruno Browns said, we really have a problem and we must seize the momentum to tackle it together. The chairman of the Players' Trade Union, Fefe CS, uh, that's Evgeny Levchenko, called for players to walk off the pitch if referees and clubs fail to act. And uh, what is the latest news in the Eredivisie? Ajax beat PSV Eindhoven 1-0 at the weekend. Uh, that keeps them three points clear of AZ Alkmaar. But they paid a heavy price for their win... Quincy Promes and Joel Veltman both limped off with injuries and are not expected to play again for several weeks. Hmm. And the timing couldn't be worse because they're due to face Getafe in the Europa League at the end of the month. Yeah. Mm. Is so, there any Dick Lloyd news? I don't think there's any Dick Lloyd news. No, final final one again. They beat Emin. Okay, yeah, that's uh, that, that's little, uh, small Dick, Dick Lloyd news. Inspectors on Monday raided three commercial properties and six homes in and around Rotterdam and The Hague as part of an investigation into the illegal import of beer and soft drinks. Officials say the gang ordered beer and soft drinks from abroad on behalf of a company set up specifically for that purpose. The company was then dissolved before they could pay taxes on the import duty and the goods were passed on to a third company. Officials think the gang earned millions of euros with the scam between 2016 and the present day. No one was arrested, but police did confiscate computers, paperwork, three cars, a lorry, and 40,000 euros in cash. They also found guns and ammunition during their search, which hopefully they also confiscated. I hope hope they didn't leave them there. How did they uh, detect the fraud? Uh, well, they used, this ad- beery? they used a system called Beery, actually. <laughs> so the beer was fraudulent? So? No, the Bonnachos were fraudulent, oh, okay. Gordon. Ah. Just, I'm sorry, this question was written into the script. I yes. Say. Uh, <laughs> the beer was delicious, not that I know from personal experience. <laughs> is there any food product that isn't being imported by gangsters in, in the Netherlands? More copper. More copper, yeah. They're just produced at home. They're not imported. They should be banned in favor of Bussable. That's my hot take on the podcast today. What but they're completely different uh, it's, but it's, Yeah, but it's a more tasty kabakia. You should give up on this like second-rate chocolate oh, ball oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. and just make yeah. Bussable. They, they, yeah. they should definitely ban tompuses because they're actually impossible to eat. That's true. No, they're not <laughs> impossible to eat. How are you supposed to eat them? They're just... You, you, the goo you, goes, you have to break them in half. Paul has a whole thing. Break them in half. You have okay. to Actually, if we were ever going to do a video, a video content for this podcast, it would just be Paul demonstrating how to eat a How to eat a tompus, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you want to crowdfund a video of Paul eating Tom Puss, <laughs> then uh, go to our Patreon page. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but that'll be bonus content for patrons. Yeah. We'll be discussing uh, the court ruling on Siri after this word from our sponsors. 
If you want to keep up our podcast stocks of a Bossabola for Molly, um, Rome Copper for me, not more copper, um, and Tom Pusifit for Paul, and keep up to date with all the latest Ophef, why not support us on Patreon? Producing a weekly roundup of the latest Dutch news, sport, and political developments costs time and money, and we'll show our gratitude by giving you a shout out on the next show. You can also ask us a question or on just about anything. Uh, we'll try to give her an honest answer, and if we don't manage that, we'll uh, at least try to uh, say something vaguely entertaining. Uh, this week, we say thank you to Jamie. Ogilvy Sonnefeld. Um, he hasn't uh, got back to us with a question, but we're very grateful to you for your support, Jamie. Hope you keep listening. If you would like to become a patron of the podcast and make sure we don't run out of uh, dog food in particular, you can go to patreon.com slash dutchnewsnl. On Wednesday, judges ruled that the Dutch government uh, should halt its use of a fraud detection system called Siri, uh, not to be confused with Apple's virtual assistant. No, it's spelled differently. It's spelled it? differently, yes. yeah, but it sounds the same. Yeah. Um, according to the court, the system violates Article 8 of the European Treaty on Human Rights and conflicts with privacy legislation, and also the, there is also a lack of transparency, uh, which is very troubling, according to the court. Yeah. So, and what does it do, Paul? Siri stands for System Risico Indicatie, System Risk Indication, mm -hmm. and it's an algorithm-based fraud detection system which was developed by the Social Affairs Ministry in 2014 with the aim to detect fraud with benefits and taxes based on high volumes of data. Uh, the system links databases of several government organizations, such as the Belastingdienst, the Sociale Verzekeringsbank, well, you name it. Mm. Um, and they draw up a risk profile based on people who were already caught committing social security fraud. And then it combs um, the records to find people with a similar risk profile and list them as potential fraudsters who uh, need further investigation. Yeah, so it's kind of really predicting who is likely to commit benefit fraud and then sort of going after them, whether or not they've actually done anything. Yeah, so, yeah. indeed. Yeah. yeah, And they... they they, 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 it, it drags all the information from the government yeah. and it's basically they, data, data mining number crunching whatever you want to call it yeah. Um, if, yeah, in, in the service of the government to try and prevent um, benefit fraud that's, that, that's, that's the idea behind it isn't it yeah, yeah. yeah. has it been used yeah, the system uh, has been used. It's not widely implemented, but it had be, it's been reported that the government has used it in neighborhoods in at least four cities. Uh, these cities were Eindhoven, Rotterdam, Capella uh, aan de IJssel, and Haarlem. Last summer, Mayor Ahmed Abu Talab from Rotterdam pulled the plug uh, on an experiment with Siri in one neighborhood in Rotterdam because he felt it went too far. Um, the Volkskrant has reported that it is unclear if the system has detected a single actual case of fraud. Uh, in one of the four areas that it has been used. Yeah, it has been used, but it didn't result it in wasn't anything. Really it was not effective. finding any fraud. Yeah, it's yeah. not actually finding any fraud. Um, and of course, there's been this court case going on at the district court in The Hague. Um, uh, who, who? How did that start? Who, who, who raised the court action? Um, it was brought up by a huge coalition of eight privacy groups. Uh, they teamed up with uh, uh, FNV uh, Trade Union and also several other private individuals, such as Tommy Wieringa, who's oh, an author, Molly's so favorite annoying. author. I don't want to like him, and he keeps doing things <laughs> <laughs> He's the Mitt Romney of the Netherlands. He's the Mitt Romney of the Netherlands. <laughs> um, and uh, also philosopher Maxime Februari joined them as well. Um, this group argued that Siri violates fundamental human rights, which the court agreed with. Uh, they also criticized that it uh, was almost impossible for individuals on a suspicion to challenge the government's decisions to investigate them. Which rings a bit of the uh, Belastingdienst yeah, situation. Indeed. Yeah. And what the problem with it is that people are not notified when they are under investigation. Yeah. So they have simply no idea that 
uh, they were being investigated. The the argument for that was that if you told them they were being investigated, they would change their behaviour so that they couldn't be detected any longer. But but it does raise this kind of philosophical almost question of how do you make an algorithm accountable? Because... Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. How do you do that? Yeah. Well, uh, so. I, I think that you can only take the uh, the organizations accountable who are using the algorithm. I think, mm-hmm. and that's yeah, what what happened here as yeah. well. Um, but yeah, um, uh, it is true. People have a right to appeal to decisions by the government to uh, to investigate them yeah. or to uh, find them as well. And uh, if that is not communicated to citizens, yeah. then you are holding the, that right from them. So yeah, yeah it's is. That that's problematic as well, and yeah. as Molly said, it rings, it reminds you of this uh, Tuslag affair where people were, um, you know, their benefits were cut short uh, without giving any explanation and yeah. without giving the opportunity to appeal. And also, the people actually act on these um, the information that's provided by Siri. They also don't know why they've uh, targeted individual people because they they don't know how the, the algorithms work either. No, it's only no. the programmers. Yeah, that's true yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, and also the United Nations Human Rights and Privacy Commissions, they have also criticised uh, the system in the past. Uh, Dawid Linders, that's the uh, coalition's lawyer, said that uh, the verdict was very important. The government has to go back to the drawing board now uh, because the court's criticism on the fundamental aspects of the system will not be fixed easily. Yeah. So what were, what were, what were the court's main criticisms uh, of Siri? What were his problems? Uh, well, the judges... First said that they acknowledge that detecting social benefit fraud is important and that the system's aim is legitimate. Uh, Fighting fraud is crucial to ensure the sort of public support for the benefit system, which is uh, based on solidarity. But the court says Siri does not sufficiently guarantee protection of violating people's personal living sphere. Uh, therefore, it violates Article 8 of the Human Rights Treaty, which protects people's private lives. And another point of criticism was the air of secrecy surrounding the way Siri operates, not only for the people who are on investigation, but also for the people who have to, you know, the civil service who deal mm. with it as well. They just simply don't know how the algorithm works. Yeah. Uh, and th- that secrecy simply makes it difficult to monitor and control the algorithm and the system in itself. Um, also, the size of the system is criticized because you know every single piece of personal data the government has can be used by the algorithm. Every mm. uh, institution, every government agency, all that information that you know they have yeah. the enormous databases of people, and they are all piled up and they are all used by this algorithm. So yeah, it's so, so, so it's, your, it's a social Bank, it's a belasting dienst, but it's also things like if you've been in prison, you've been on rehabilitation, that feeds in. Yeah. You know, naturalization if you're if you're a migrant uh, everything literally almost every, every contact you have you, you, your your details in the um in the residential register does it, any contact you have with the government basically is just sort of fed into this enormous number crunching um system and uh, yeah and, and and contributes to this decision on whether or not you're marked as a benefit fraudster and then if nobody knows how it actually works, yeah. then yeah, then it, it becomes very difficult to monitor it, of course. And the system could also lead to discrimination, the court said, because until now it was only targeted at low-income areas and so-called problem neighborhoods. So it appeared to discriminate against people with uh, uh, little money and people with a minority background. And that's also what Human Rights Watch um, 
so yeah. about it as well. Yeah, the Human Rights Watch's uh, response, I think, was to say this is a, um, uh, a victory for the rights of the poor, didn't it? because almost yeah. all every situation in which has been deployed so far has been directed at uh, neighbourhoods, yeah, low-income neighbourhoods, basically yeah. people who, to, uh, who, who get things like uh, the bystand and yeah. the child benefit. Uh, what did the government say in defence of itself, Paul? Uh, the government argued that the system is not the monster it appears to be. They emphasised that it only couples information the government already has, and it does not uh, trigger automatic legal consequences. It also does not make use of artificial intelligence and that it's not a self-teaching algorithm, uh, but the court said that the system is not transparent enough to check this and pointed out that the current legislation uh, does allow a self-teaching algorithm to be implemented in the future. Mm. Uh, the exact way uh, Siri works is kept secret by the government because they fear people will try to avoid uh, the algorithm. Yeah, yeah the yeah. example I gave, I think I saw was uh, things like, they, they measure things like your water use. And they discovered really? yeah. even that is used. Even yeah, that is included. Mm. Yeah, and, and if your water use suddenly drops, they, they assume that you're that you're living somewhere else, and therefore you might be uh, oh. not declaring that you're living together with somebody, which obviously affects the, the way all kinds of benefits are calculated. You should have your benefits reduced if you're living with somebody. It, it's um, it, this whole system yeah. is just based on, a, on an enormous distrust of yeah, of, of people, of the citizens, of the people of the Netherlands. Yes, yeah. it's yeah. It's, it's a little bit scary. It's almost sounds like a police state, right? Where yeah, and it's kind of the scope is... of it as well. And yeah. the implication is, as they say, it's not a self-teaching algorithm, but they might develop one in future and they can just sort of slot that into what they've got now. And you can make it, as your technology develops, you can, the amount of, and, and, the, and, and the detail of information you collect about people can increase until, yeah, it, it has enormous cons, uh, consequences for your personal privacy and the privacy of your data. Yeah. Why yeah. did they want a system like this to begin with? NSA wrote an article in October last year in which they sort of made a reconstruction on how Siri was approved and implemented in March 2013. Then Social Affairs Minister Lodewijk Usher sent the plan for Siri to the Tweede Kamer. It was accompanied by an advice uh, by the Council of State who had uh, tons of critique. All legislation mm. is accompanied with advice and they, they, yeah, they had some serious issues yeah. with, uh, with the proposed legislation. They wrote that Siri was uh, sort of a dragnet system, yeah. so it scoops up too, many, uh, too much information and it could uh, also be too easily expanded. Uh, the Council of State also noted that citizens who are checked by the system should be uh, proactively informed afterwards so that they know that they were under yeah. suspicion. Uh, Usher made some minor adjustments and that was expected, uh, that was accepted and approved by the Tweede Kamer almost in silence. There was no debate going on about yeah. it. Everybody just simply approved it. And, and it was literally just knocked through the uh, Senate, wasn't it? It was a hammer stick. Yeah. Yeah. There was just yeah. no debate at all. They yeah. just literally you bang it through. They didn't bother to vote. But I think it. that, no. I mean, I also think uh, not that I want to defend the system. I mean, mostly because it seems extremely ineffective. Um, but in, I think, you know, in 2013, we we still have now, but especially in 2013, had this idea that like the algorithms were going to save us all, right? That you yeah. could write an algorithm yeah. that was going to fix all these problems. It could detect fraud. It could detect terrorism. It could do all of this stuff, right? And, you know, I suspect that at the time people were like, well, you know, algorithms are fine. We mm -hmm. haven't seen all of these horrible examples of how things can go very awry with algorithms. And they were kind of just like, well, this seems like an easier way to kind of detect fraud. Yeah, it seemed like an efficient system in theory. Because yeah, people, as Dutch say, love their efficiency. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and they love they love their um, uh, technology as well. So. Yeah, and there was also this overall uh, f f feeling of, of urgency that something yeah. needed to be done against uh, uh, benefit fraud. Yeah. So when someone then invents an algorithm that's going to solve everything, then. Yeah. 
uh, yeah, you're going yeah. to be fine with it. It's very well, attractive to politicians. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of, I think it's very telling. This was introduced by Assa at the Social Affairs Ministry, and he was, of course, was a Labour politician, yeah. he was a PFDA uh, politician. I think it's sort of, all of the sudden they are very much opposed. Yeah, yeah all of a sudden, all of a sudden yeah. They, yeah, now they're in opposition. <laughs> they're, they're, they're against the whole thing. Yeah. This is as if Lord Assa never, never introduced this. Yeah. But yeah, there's definitely two elements to this. Yeah, one is as you say, the, 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 we didn't really understand how algorithms worked, and we still believed back then that algorithms are neutral. Of course, they're not. Therefore, yeah. they're, they're, they're in, in in, invested with all the biases of the people who program them and operate them, and also just that, um, uh, yeah, the, the, this whole culture of suspicion towards benefit forces, which again has uh, the, the culture has changed there because we've we discovered the, the excesses that were going on at the Belastingdienst um, in respect of uh, people allegedly committing uh, child benefit fraud. Yeah. So yeah, it was a very different um, climate. I think um, yeah. this was introduced in compared to what we have now. So what's the plan going forward? Uh, the government will have to uh, come up with a new fraud detection system and it also expected that it will have an influence on future laws and policies as well. For example, there is a bill coming up um, that will couple government databases and that was, is going to need to be reconsidered as well. Um, and it's also very likely that the government will just appear appeal. The yeah. appeal the ruling because... I think know, it may go to the Court of Justice, even, who's going to have to be... who's the ultimate arbitrator of you this. You mean in the European Court of Justice? Yeah, the European yeah. Court of Justice. Or actually, maybe this was pulled in under the Court of Human Rights, so it may end up in Strasbourg yeah, instead of in Luxembourg. Yeah, this is an ECHR thing, isn't it? Yeah. 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 I gotta say, I'm not... I don't know. I'm not not just like a super hardcore privacy e kind of person. No, because you're American. It's yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm not like terribly bothered by them using some sort of algorithm to no, like attempt no. notification. Like I would have a problem like you know if it was making decisions about whether or not things were fraud or like you know I'm, there's there's like some other things. But like just to trigger an investigation, I don't think I'm like terribly terribly bothered by. I mean like your algorithm is probably going to be like racially and socioeconomically problematic but yeah. like so are people so like if you go back to like an old-fashioned system of like i don't know having benefits people walk around a neighborhood and like look outside your house and be like that's a very expensive car how do you afford that car like those people also had like biases that were like yeah, problematic yeah that is yeah that is also a problem you, you hear all kinds of stories that um the investigators are to spend months outside people's yeah. houses trying to work out whether they got someone else living in the house yeah. that they haven't declared you know so, yeah that's quite intrusive as well but yeah, yeah i mean the, like the, the water bill thing yeah. almost seems like less invasive like knowing how much i spend on water seems less invasive yeah. than like having some dude across the street <laughs> who's like watching me eat dinner every night yeah, but do, do you really want your your, your how much no. water how, no, how much I showering don't. to be to, no. to, to be sent to, no. to the I'm just saying that, like, I think people have the in their head sometimes that they compare this algorithm to like nothing, as opposed to comparing it to like what the system would be if you had people just doing this like the quote-unquote old-fashioned way. But it's gigantically ineffective, is the other thing. Yeah, yeah. My my beef with it is the Dutch problem. It's that it's ineffective. (laughs) It doesn't work. But it's also very discriminatory because, as you say, you know, algorithms are not neutral, as you say, as as neutral as people used to think they are. You know, we've all seen that if you you put a couple of posts on Facebook about Donald Trump, immediately Facebook then thinks you're really into Donald Trump and starts uh, spewing, filling your feed with Alex Jones Sure, Gordon, that's what you want to tell yourself about why Alex Jones Jones video. It's totally fine. Yeah, but if you apply that to a system where you're trying to... Molly is getting uh, all of a sudden all sorts of Mormon-related... I have so much Mormon-related. They're they're pushing hard for me to convert to Mormon. I can see, yeah. uh, I can see it's working, yeah. Uh, But but, but also, it's kind of... The the principle that everyone is equal in the eyes of the law is kind of violated by this because they're always going after people in poor neighbourhoods, people who aren't kind of benefits. They never go after the people who are defrauding on their their mortgages, which is also quite an easy form of fraud. The thing where I think the government really screwed up on this is where they used 
these test cases in certain neighborhoods that happen to be poor and minority neighborhoods. Like, that didn't happen to be. I mean, no, it's not I mean, an they, right. That's, no. Well, it's the, I, didn't, I didn't mean that they like accidentally like chose this this way. But yeah, that they went out, that they targeted these neighborhoods for testing yeah. as opposed to like, yeah, I mean, rich people by definition commit more benefits broad than poor people because there's just more money at stake, right? Yeah. That there's like more... You know, rich people do more tax evasion in, like, quantity than poor people do because they have more taxes to evade. Like, yeah. there's, you know, so why you're spending all this time targeting poor people is, like, is is its own problematic thing. Yeah, but, but, there's, but there's kind of a lot, on the face of it, there's a logic to that, which is that if you, if you go after neighborhoods where people are claiming benefits, you're more likely to find people defrauding benefits. So if you're in the mindset is we need to stop benefit fraud, then you're obviously going to go into the poor neighborhoods. But every single But person... that means that the rich people defrauding get off the hook. I mean, Maxim February himself came up with a, with a comparison where he'd been driving around in a car with a broken headlight and no one had stopped him. But if he'd driven around like Skildersvike or somewhere with yeah. a broken headlight, he probably would have got stopped. Yeah. So again, it means that the, the focus and concentration yeah. increasingly is on the poor, which then means that the statistics start to show that they start to exaggerate how much yeah. benefit is committed. But and I also it kind think, of becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. I also think that it's wrong to say that poor neighborhoods are the one taking benefits because you have all these benefits that rich people get, like the mortgage interest deduction, mm. right? So like everyone on my street is getting this thing as a benefit. We've just convinced ourselves because it's a thing that rich people get that it's like not a benefit. Like the government sends me a check every month mm. like that's the same thing as like yeah. getting an out hearing or being on the buy stand totally. or like all this other kinds of stuff yeah but you're not expected to have all kinds of you're not expected to, you know if you're an out hearing you have to be spend a certain amount of the week uh, applying for jobs yeah. you know, there are no kind of there's nothing attached to that there's, yeah. no, there's no obligations attached to the benefit in the same way that it's, it's, I, I gotta say like all of this i was not like a universal basic income yeah. person i think a couple of years ago and like man these scandals just keep pushing me more <laughs> towards like we gotta just the only way to solve this problem like you can't you can't fix algorithms you can't make people like less racist it's really hard to run all these bureaucracies the best way to do this is to just streamline the whole thing and where does that lead you to what's his face's stupid book about universal basic income mm-hmm. our favorite exactly this is where this is all paths lead to Rooker Brechtman if oh, you're not God, careful whoa. God. I don't. I got. Do you guys get a better solution for this? Like, mm, I, I'm just. I would just want to avoid everything Rutger Brecht. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but even like Paul, who is I think you know kind of our most uh, economically conservative person. We've had yeah. this discussion about universal basic income, and I feel like we both keep coming around to it, being like. I don't love this as a theory, but like in it practice, simplifies it everything. simplifies so everything. Much, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My, my, the other problem I kind of have with this, I think it's very telling that, the, that when they introduce this kind of algorithm system, they use it immediately as a means to save money and actually it doesn't work no. as a means to save money they, they could use it as well for instance to detect like you know which children are vulnerable or yeah mm-hmm. that's kind of thing yeah, why are we that. investing in that kind of stuff yeah they said that there was you know it makes you think of you know a case a couple of years ago where a father killed his two children it turned out there were about 20 different organizations all uh, working with this family yeah. but they weren't working with each other and they weren't aware of the actual global scale yeah. of the problem you, you, i think that's the kind of situation where you yeah. can you, you, you can actually use data mining if you if, if you actually set it up properly without yeah. too many biases to to protect people this doesn't seem to be protecting people it's protecting the state against the people and that's mm. what i don't like about it yeah to be honest it's, and, and uh, that's a trend that i think is so gordon is an anarchist and, and paul and i are now yeah. pro universal <laughs> basic income and your job title <laughs> next week paul is going to be uh Richter brechman's biggest yes. fan oh 
god. Yeah. Yeah. Rutger Ru- 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 Bregman groupie. Yeah, Rutger oh, Bregman groupie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I will move to Davos. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to call me that. Yeah. That's all we have for you this week. This podcast is a production of Dutch News, which can be found online at dutchnews.nl. We will include links to everything we've talked about today in the liner notes. You can get in touch with us by email to podcast at dutchnews.nl. If you want to help us out, please subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating. And you can also back us on Patreon at patreon.com slash dutchnewsnl. You can earn yourself a free shout out on the podcast and Molly will answer all your dirty questions. Yes. I will not answer your dirty questions. <laughs> Do not encourage our terrible listener base to send <laughs> dirty questions. My thanks to Gordon, Derek and Molly Quell. I'm Paul Peters and we'll be back next week. problem guys what is that the sports section says my name i know this is the worst (laughs) thing that's ever happened to me